What's up, you guys? Welcome to the September 13th, Friday the 13th edition of the Rotor Road Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Got a new idea for the pod today, kind of a deep dag pre-slash-post-break split on shot quality for ball handlers. Talk about that, talk about some auction. With me to do so is Jonas Nader. What's up, man? What's going on, Mike? Just finished my sleepers, putting putting the draft guide together. It's been a busy week, but I'm excited. Yeah, we are up against the wall here, finishing up the draft guide and going through all little kinks. And I just wanted to do one, like a couple other deep dive days uh, before I put the finishing touches on some ranks. Um, and really, we had the auction yesterday, which was a big learning experience for me. It was a ten teamer, which I hate. I hate ten teamers with all my heart. Yeah. Um, so. Um, just quickly on that, we don't want to give away too much. So if we check out the draft guide, but what I'll hand it to you first, like what were your big takeaways on this one, or maybe anybody that you um, did or didn't get that you really got, or great value, overvalue, anybody else that you you, you spent on cat early, if I remember. Right. Uh, my biggest takeaway is that if you want a guard, you're gonna have to spend up big time, and mm. it's, and it's gonna be worth it. The drop off from the elite tier of guards to the middle class is absolutely huge. Like, yeah, there's some guys like Shea Gilgis, DeLon Wright that we like, but, man, going from, like, James Harden from Devin Booker to down to, like, geez, I don't know, Donovan Mitchell, uh, there's Chris Paul in that range, Mike Conley. Like, it, it gets rough real fast in rounds three to four. So you got to get a guard in rounds one to two this year. Absolutely have to. Yeah, so just quickly for me, I always spend early. I'm usually the top four or five guys. I'm going to get one of those guys, and I'm probably going to get a top 10 to 15 guy. Everybody went for so much, and then so 10 team was like, all right, I'm going to sit it out, and then I'll wait, and then hopefully I can get Drew, hopefully I can get Kemba, hopefully I can get Trey, hopefully I can get um, Donnie Mitch or somebody else, I get two or three or four of those guys, and just build from there. It did not work. Like There were a couple pod listeners who just killed me. Like mm-hmm. Drew went for like this fourth or fifth most i want to say he, he went for 61 dollars. yeah I he went for up. so high like I, yeah he went re- oh he went almost he went like almost lowered price mm-hmm. close to it and then trey went really high and it was just weird everyone was throwing their money in and then the people who threw their money in but you benefited because i, I kept did, bidding yeah. everybody up on these guys <laughs> and it kept taking all the money off the table and then i bid up and everybody else and it was just but yeah the big takeaway like you said was dude point guards man like they're just so valuable and that's i've been saying this literally all offseason it's like that and load management like the two things i've been stressing yeah that's also why i kind of went to dig in here and kind of just identify maybe why or why not guys shot the ball better or worse after the break i still feel like that's really important um usage is kind of easier to identify obviously it's just a simple statistic so that's not really thing you have to really dig up deep but this is i just literally sat in front of my computer and pulled all these stats off the NBA.com and sorted them um, by difference for basically. Uh, we'll go through each stat kind of one by one, and we'll talk about takeaways for each. Um, so I want to talk about, and this is probably one of my, before I got, when I really got into stats for basketball, one of the first things I used to be into, and I still am obviously, is percentage of shots at the rim. Reason why, if you probably, you probably know, is you get more shots at the rim, it's more likely your free throw, I'm sorry, your field goal percentage will be more highly sustainable and just overall higher because they're better shots. So, um, I wanted to see who did well before the break and who did well after the break, or who still had bigger increases. And not surprisingly, uh, the number one guy for most increase in post at the rim shot percentage that's total, not shots made, is Shea Gilgis Alexander. Uh, 7.6% increase. Uh, he went to 40.5. That's a really, really good number. Uh, and just to tie in here, 
Um, one of the reasons why he was so excellent was he was terrific in post break fast uh, post break fast break percentage uh, percentage of points scored. He was exceptional. He also and I'm talking about 40 guys. These are basically 40 ball handlers who are all going to go top 100 in your draft. Exceptions being probably Reggie Jackson, but I thought I want to, and, and Colin <laughs> yeah. Sexton as well. I want to see how he did. Um, but yeah, he murdered everybody. 13.2 percent increase post break. That's shattered Drew Holiday in a small sample, just eight games uh, at 9.1 percent. But I, I just, I mean, you and I are just Mister and Mister Shea. Where yeah, <laughs> just, I can't get enough of Shea. This stat I pulled up yesterday was insane. So, like, the final 20 games of the season, he was 38 in nine cat leagues with 14, 14 points, 4.2 assists, three rebounds, 1.5 steals, 0.5 blocks, and 1.1 triples. The best part about it, he did it with an 18% usage rate. Like, you think that's going to be closer to 24 and 25 in OKC when they get rid of Chris Paul, which is inevitably going to happen. So, man, we're all in on Shea Gilgis Alexander. His ADP yesterday was 78.2. Like, he's just going to crush that. Cut that in half easily. Yeah. Like, I'll yep. seriously take him half that price. Uh, yep. Yeah, and the thing, too, is OKC, partially because of Westbrook, um, they are always higher in the league in points in transition. So I think that he's just going to be just a monster in this role with this new team. Uh, you mentioned the increased usage. Just a fantastic shot selection guy. Uh, so yeah, I, I just don't see any reason why you wouldn't be on him. I don't know how any, honestly, like no offense to anybody who has him outside of the top 40. I just don't understand how you can do that. And I get, I, we you know, obviously it was a full season, but, and I mentioned the stat probably 150 times, but post break without Lou Williams on the court per 36, 18 points, uh, mm-hmm. 5.2 dimes, 4.2 boards, 2.3 steals, 50% from the field, 1.53s, and four attempts per, per at the line. So we're talking about a guy who's going to play 32 minutes. So you're looking, you know, based off that. Like, so what are we looking at here? I mean, we talk about him so much, but like 17, four assists, maybe on the season, and then three or four boards, probably close to two steals on fantastic percentages. Like, that's yeah, seriously yeah. a second round player right there. I could say even. 17.55 when Chris Paul is gone. Like, yeah. it's going to be a beast, dude. Yeah. I don't know how I feel entirely about I don't, I don't care. Like, honestly. Like we said, like you said, he dominated in 18 usage rate. And Chris yeah. Paul is one of the better, quote unquote, making you better guys out there. Yeah. And like, we'll Lou Williams, for example, was like, I think he was top five in usage rate last year. And so, Shea Gilgis Alexander had to eat playing next to Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell. Like, now he's going to be the guy in OKC, which is just awesome for his value. Yeah, and post-break, it's not like he was bad with Lou Will. He was, per 36, he was still 12, 4.8 assists, and 2.5, I'm sorry, 3.3 boards on 47%. He actually was yep. missing threes a lot with Lou Williams. He only shot 23% in that sample, 216-minute sample. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't care. Like, I honestly, this whole Chris Paul thing, depressing his fantasy value, just makes little sense to me for a guy that's just so many things. Um, yep. And then one thing I want to tie into this um, at the rim distribution thing. So Chris Ball after the break, just 5.3% of his shots after the break were at the rim. That is insanely low. It's 10.2% lower than the next guy. Um, that is, if I remember, Josh Richardson. Uh, he was not at the rim after the break at all. Um, that He stopped really going to the basket because um, he wasn't driving as much and um, we'll see. He's going to change there too. He'll probably get better shots at the rim too. But anyways, like Chris Paul's game is changing now. He's not going to be that high scoring guy. He's going to assist. He's going to probably help Shea out more. We know he's you know kind of in the the tutelage role. So I don't think even having CP3 out there, 
Like, if you told me CP3 was going to be there all season, I would still have him ranked in the 40s. Yeah. Where would you put him now, though? I haven't. Honestly, I haven't third. Because... I've had him third round for pretty much two months now. Hmm. Like, I had a super high, but... Because, man, I'm looking around in the league, and I only see, like, legit two spots for him. Miami... Oh, I'm sorry. I was talking about Shay's rank. My bad. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I'm talking about Chris yeah. Paul. Like, yeah, yeah. where would you put him? I don't know. I don't care either. <laughs> like, I don't. Yeah. Like, I someone. I, what's going to probably happen is somebody who's good, who's invested to try to win this year, is probably going to get an injury, right? Something like that, and they'll shake things up. So, but I mean, like you said, Miami's probably going to be in on him. Uh, they're going to probably yeah, try. I feel like he's their fallback plan if they miss out on Bradley Beal, Miami. They're not going to get Beal, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they have the assets, but if yeah. they, once they inevitably fail, I think Chris Paul is going to be their, their yeah. guy that Jimmy Butler wants to play with. Yeah, maybe if Dragic... That's probably the most likely. Like if Dragic's knee falls off. Right. Maybe they trade... That would be... Oh, man. A Shea and Tyler Hero backcourt. I will watch every <laughs> That'd Thunder be sick. game. But, um... Yeah, so I guess let's talk some other stuff just off this stat. Anything else you want to dig up on Shea here? Definitely. Nope. We hit it. All right. So the other... Another big winner, just to tie into... Uh... uh at the rim makes so this is an increase for guys who shot the ball better at the rim uh number the the top two guys are both members of the utah jazz mike conley at 10.8 percent increase after the break Uh, he really turned it on late in the season uh and then donovan mitchell he is another big takeaway from this whole big experiment i did uh he had a 9.7 percent increase at at the rim obviously we saw his field goal percentage jump up like six percent after the break and it's great. Like he dropped his mid rangers. Uh, he cut that down big time. Uh, he didn't even see. He saw a little bit increase in fast break percentage, which helps your field goal percentage. But just more on Donnie, he dropped his mid range percentage when he was bad. That was eleven point four percent. That's pretty much league average ish. Um, and then he dropped it just five percent. Uh, so cutting down that mid range, getting more shots at the rim, and making more at the rim. Um, he also drove a little bit more. And I just think we, we have seen so many stats. I don't know who I, could, I wish I could quote it that just Mike Conley statistically improves guys that are around him. So Donovan Mitchell post break, he basically doubled his fantasy value. He was like 74 pre break or 75, something like that. And until he was like just off the outside of round three um, for per game, he was, I think, uh, second round total. Utah has a fantastic schedule. I just I love Donovan Mitchell so much. Uh, if when I'm drafting, if I pick early and I go cat, I would love to land Donnie there. Obviously, I'd love to land Trey or somebody like that, but I think that's kind of unrealistic at this point. But yeah, second, third round turn. I'm just so aggressive on Mitchell right now. I got him for thirty in the auction, and like I was after missing out on every guard, I was legit gonna go to fifty dollars on Donnie if I had to. <laughs> so I'm just I'm so high on Mitchell. I don't know why a lot of people aren't as high as Dude, I. Dude, I'm on board with you. Look, look, he was 29th. Like what you said in the final two months of the season. And you look at the stats, 26, uh, four rebounds, four assists. That's all great. But the thing is, he only had one steal in that in that, uh, in that time frame. It's going to be 1.5 with Mike Conley around. He's going to have so much more energy on the defensive end. And 0.5 blocks, that's outstanding for a guard, too. He's efficient. The only thing that concerns you is turnovers. But what guy in the top three rounds doesn't have good turnovers besides Mr. Robinson? So, like, I'm all in. Like you said, the turn of round two and three is absolutely where you need to take Donovan Mitchell this year. Yep. Yeah, like you said, he had uh, just a 1.5 steals pre-break and then dropped to 1.0. So that 37, whatever it was, ranking, like if he had stole at the rate he stole pre-break, he would have been top second round for sure. Right. For a guy that's been super durable. And again, I can't stress this enough. Like Jazz playoff schedule is top notch. Mm-hmm. So, um, and again, they're going to be competing. So they, he checks every box I want for a guy, young, durable, good team, playoff race. Like he checks every box. 
So uh, I'm just so high on him. Um, and he's a guard. That's huge. Just yeah, sure. yep, get a guard there you early. Go. And he's a guard, yeah. So just some other guys. Another guy who was probably the biggest takeaway here uh, from all this, another besides the Mitchells and the SGAs, really third would be Colin Sexton. Uh, he totally transformed his game at the break. Uh, the big number here is he dropped his post and uh, break mid-range percentage from his pre-break a whopping 18%. That's by far the highest of anybody I looked up. Uh, mm. Almost triple. Uh, um, so that's that's a big number for him. Uh, again, improved his shots at the rim. Improved making those shots at the rim. Drove a lot more. Um, they're going to give him the ball a bit more. We don't know how ready Darius Garland's going to be right away. The problem is, as great as he was scoring, he is basically a younger Andrew Wiggins with better field goal, free throw percentage. <laughs> So yeah. he's just so empty, man. So I can't really get too excited about drafting him. Maybe the new offense kind of gets some new wrinkles, and maybe he makes more threes, gets more assists, things like that. But I, I want to be high, and I'm higher on him. I bumped him up about a round uh, after going through this, but still up a round. He's still not somebody I'm going to draft compared to his ADP. Yeah, here's here's the thing about Colin Sexton. Like people are worried about like they still got. They got Darius Garland, obviously. They still got Jordan Clarkson. Well, the thing is, Jordan Clarkson's gone. Like, the Cavs have done a great job flipping these veterans on expiring deals. Like, Clarkson's the next guy gone. Uh, yeah, they got Brandon Knight still, but they could flip him, too, for maybe if they attach, like, a, a second-round pick. But Colin Sexton, like like you said, 20 points, 2.5 rebounds, 3.2 assists. Like, you would think we'd be, like, in on this guy. But he was outside of the top 100 with those numbers because .6 steals and .1 blocks. Like, those are in his canter's st- uh, defensive stat numbers. Yeah, so, like, yeah. those are really, really bad. So that's why we're not on board. Just so empty, like you said. So if you want to take him in the late round, that's fine. But there's just I guess don't see him breaking into the top 75 anytime soon. Yep. Um, yeah, he needs to somehow steal the ball. Like, yeah. Somehow, some way. I don't know how he can do that magically. Like, I'm hoping, like, Dwayne Bacon can do that somehow. But right. Maybe, because I don't know. Maybe Bacon. I don't know. Do, somebody does, but... Um, let's talk a little Josh Richardson here. Uh, he kind of struck me here. I mentioned the dip in the at the rim numbers, but he improved uh, a lot uh, on making them. He increased his at the rim percentage six point six percent. The big number here that struck me was the dip in drives. Uh, his drives really cut down um, late in the season and really early in the year. He was not scoring the ball efficiently, and he really wasn't that great post break either. He was still eighth round. Um, compared to what he was, and he was actually better uh, pre-break, but some of that wasn't really tied to scoring. He shot 42% pre-break, and then he shot uh, even worse at 40% because he just wasn't getting to the rim as much. So I think that the shot selection thing will help him more. Um, again, overall, it was just a mess for him. So I mm-hmm. think like I, I compare him to almost like a good rece- like a number three receiver on a good team. Like, he won't get many targets, and he won't get a lot of volume, but he'll be on the floor a lot, you know, get a lot of snaps, quote-unquote. He's going to, like we, I think we said before, like, he may be top 10 in minutes, and he's durable, obviously, my last couple of seasons. So I still like him, just from pure volume play. We know he could hit the threes, and especially that what that one year he was, like, a league-winning guy. Um, right. He's had stretches where he can hit catch-and-shoot threes. So I still like him, you know, good free-throw shooter. Um, the blocks have to come up, and perhaps that will help with him beat around, so... Yeah, that's the thing. Um, he's basically at his peak. He's basically Robert Covington. Uh, one thing too is I remember telling you last year in the pod, late in the pod, like Josh Richardson started so good and then he really dropped off. And I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if we learned about an injury. And come to find out, I think it was yeah, April fourth, uh, an MRI confirmed a groin hip injury that he played through for a while. 
That could explain why his steal rate dropped from 2.3% to 1.5, and his block rate dipped from 2.4 to to 1.2. So not only is, was it, he's not driving as much, he's not defending nearly as much too. And like this is after he told Sham, he did, had an interview with Sham saying he really wanted to get his steal block numbers up, mm-hmm. and then he got hurt, and then they just plummeted even further. So like. If he's healthy, I could see another Robert Covington-like year where he just sneaks into the top 40 just on the back of that that Danny Green skill set where it steals, blocks, threes on good efficiency. Yep, and then also, too, he was in the, the off, the out-of-position stats pod we did. He was, I think, fourth in shots defended, something like that, a really high number. I know yeah. Drew was number one. So he's going to get chances to block shots, and he's going to be on um, I forget, one of the other, now I can't remember his name, one of the nylon calculus guys, like they put Josh Richardson, at least in Miami they did, on the number one guy a lot. And I would expect the same thing here. You know, he's yeah. going to be, like you said, basically in the Robert Covington role. He'll probably guard one through four, one through three, sorry. So, um, yeah, definitely a whole lot to like for him. Um, where do you, have to, kind of like sixth round-ish, fifth, sixth? Yeah, I'd say he, he tends to slide this year. So I'd say late fifth, early sixth for me. Yeah. Depends who's there, obviously. Like, we're going to take Shea over him if he's somehow still there in the fifth. But you and I right. drafting won't let him go to the fifth. Um, a other... quick sidebar. Since we said deflections, D'Anthony Melton led the, was second in the league in deflections per 36 minutes. Yeah. Just put that out there. Nice. <laughs> Deep sleeper. Uh, yeah. Uh, who will... Okay, any other... Let's see what other guys we like here. Uh, I guess we can talk about... Um, it's kind of my main at-the-rim guys. Oh, Derek White real quick. Um, he, he kind of slowed down last year. And that's because mm-hmm. he upped his... Uh, mid-rangers a ton uh and then he cut down his at the rim percentage by nine percent that's the highest of anybody i looked up i mentioned chris paul's 5.3 yeah um and actually so actually we talk about trey young real quick so he had a lot of nice little three foot to eight foot shots and a little bit of like you know in 10 feet range but he wasn't really good at the rim he or high volume at the rim he increased his efficiency there but he dropped his percentage of shots at the rim by seven percent that's pretty high it's fourth of highest of anybody i looked up um, so basically what this, what this means to me is, and his drives increase and other stuff was also encouraging too. He's young, he should get better. So this to me means really one thing. It's, I still like him, but his range of outcomes are a little bit higher than I thought. It means he didn't quite hit his expectations for how he could be as efficient as he could be. But if he keeps shooting the way he did, that may not be as sustainable. So I still like him where I'm going to take him. But again, I think there could be a wider range of outcomes. So if like he starts slow, Maybe you're buying into him, um, or if he's red hot, you know maybe you could sell him really high, like um, like say Kemba last year. For I traded Kemba for Kemba plus for Harden in the league, and that obviously helped me win the league. So I think it could be a similar situation like that. But either way, I'm still like I love trying the second round, even with the bad late schedule. Yeah, I'm I'm close to you. I'm more towards the third round. I think his numbers were. A- a bit inflated last year. I mean, he had, he had that 46 overtime game versus the Bulls, uh, and he, he he feasted against the bottom feeders too in the East. So playing the and playing the East really helps. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm more towards the, yeah, I'm more towards the third round for Trey, just simply because there's not enough steals, and like you said, the range of outcomes is bigger, and the playoff schedule. Like I said, his playoff schedule was going to ter- determine if he was a round two or round three guy, and he, they had one of the worst playoff schedules. Yep. So that pushed him down to round three for me. Yep. So would you pick Don- you'd pick Donnie because of the schedule then if you had to pick oh Donnie absolutely okay. I pick I pick Donnie over Trey strictly because of schedule nice uh, another guy real quick on just at the rim stuff uh, Spencer Dinwiddie both he was a disaster late in the season and after this I mean you kind of knew why at the rim man uh, decreases distribution by five percent and then he dropped his efficiency by a whopping eleven point seven percent big big number right there mm-hmm. um, so I don't know. 
I think I think maybe without with maybe without D'Lo, they could be a little bit better and Kyrie there, obviously. But I still like I still like Dinwiddie. And by the way, he has a Dinwiddie Dinwiddie coin now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, I saw that. Which is hilarious. But um, I, I I still like him. Again, I still have a little bit of fears of Kyrie missing time. So right. So I think Dinwiddie is. Of what we wanted Rozier to be last year. He's probably mm-hmm. the best insurance plan for fantasy. Like, if you take Kyrie, who's going to miss probably 10 to 15 games for rest and maintenance, I think you got to take Dinwiddie, too, in, like, what, round 10 or 11 if you have yeah. if you have Green. So probably 8 or 9 if you have Kyrie, and then right. you, know, you could probably get him a little bit later. Like, with a full workload, Dinwiddie's probably in the top 50 to 60 if you just kind of ignore his yeah. kind of rocky free, uh, free throw percentage. So, like, yeah, he's a great insurance plan this year for sure. Yeah. Like I, th- I think too. Like if you end up with Drew Holiday, like you'll, if you look at Drew Holiday's game totals, like they make you nervous. Like I would not be opposed to like having Nike Alexander Walker just like in the very end of your roster just to be safe. Nice. So uh, yeah, deep league for sure. Uh, and then one other thing I noticed too with Jimmy Butler, just quickly on him, um, he fell apart at the rim. Uh, he's second behind Dinwiddie at eleven point six percent. Big reason why is his transition shots went away. Uh, he dropped mm. his transition scoring at fast break scoring. Uh, by 6.8%. That is, I believe, the second worst. Yep, second worst to Scary Terry um, yeah. after the break. So I don't know what to make of this. Um, I think that the Heat may play a little bit faster this year. Obviously, with Bam, I think that would make them an advantageous position to do so. No more Whiteside. So I think that could help him. But I don't have a strong read on Jimmy. I know I'm probably fading him just because he's a little bit older and I think he's going to get a lot of rest. Uh, obviously, with a lot of knee issues, especially lately. Thanks, Thibs. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Obviously, I would take Trey or Donnie or any of these other guys we've been saying. Like, I'd probably even take Kyrie over him, even though I'm not really high on him. I'm just not really trusting Jimmy Butler. Well, that's the thing about Jimmy Butler. Like, he's going to find a way to get in the top 15 in per game value. It's just how many games is he going to sit? Because those knee, I think those knee injuries have just been piling up, piling up. Like, it got to the point where Minnesota was scared to play him. Because they were worried about him, his knee getting hurt before they traded him. So, like, well, keep in mind that drop in efficiency dropped him to just fifty six per game after the break in a nineteen game sample. And that's per game, right? So, like, he wasn't very good late this season. Uh, which I want to say, when he was healthy, he was you know pretty studly. Late. Right. He was usually pretty good throughout. Um, unlike the he's like the reverse Ruby or who's uh oh the was it Trevor Ariza is the guy who like starts hot, used to start hot yeah. and fall apart. So it's kind of yep. like that, but. So yeah, I'm just I'm kind of fading him. Uh, I think that's kind of good for this section. Let's talk a little bit of because uh, we kind of covered. Um, so drives. Um, I like drives just because obviously if you're driving, you can kick out, you can score more. We talked a little bit about how uh, Chris Paul, Trey Young, and even Rozier had really good kick out percentages on drives. So it just gives you more chances. Although I also feel like I've realized that higher drive percentage could reflect in a high a lower field goal percentage this is just kind of feeling out what i've been kind of digging around here uh so the biggest jump here which is no surprise because of the massive increase in playing time is delon wright uh again because his playing time saw a huge boost uh 8.4 increase he was up to 14 drives per game that's a pretty good number that's right below dame um so he was again another thing about him too is he does not shoot mid-range shots uh, he was at 1.4 mid-range percentage, points scored off the mid-range for his total points. Just 1.4. That's lower than Ben Simmons was. I love uh, that. So, so, uh, and also, J- James Harden also 1.4%. Like, 
He's going to be at the rim a lot. He's going to get chances at the rim a lot. I think he's going to be, you know, almost like he has a lot of similarities to Shea. And yeah. you can get him probably like four or five rounds later. Yeah, that's, that's literally, it's like you're reading off my sleepers list on my six. It's exactly what it was. Like, he's basically Shea Alexander, but four rounds cheaper. Yeah. Uh, in his 12 starts, he was at 14.5 points, 7.4 rebounds, 7.2 dimes, 1.7 steals, and 0.6 blocks. Guy's a beast, so, dude. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's like, ADP is 94. Yep. Like, come on. Yeah, I don't, I don't He can't be. He's not going to go past 65, I want to say, by the time, at least in my leagues. I don't see, like, I don't see yeah. him going past the 6 or 7. I don't, if he goes in the 7th round, that would be probably a good pick in a competitive yes, league. If you, even in your league, take him. Just, like, if your league's you know not too sharp, just take him in the 7th, man. Like, he'll probably yeah. be there for you. But, yeah, I, I really like him. Like we said, they want to pair him with Luka a lot. I think Luka's going to be decent for usage. That's fine. DeLon doesn't need usage. You're not drafting him to be a scorer. Yep. But he's going to shoot the ball well from the field. He's not a terrible free throw shooter. Um, yeah, just there's no reason to dislike him. He's always He's been a, um, also a really good uh, the, um, transition guy, which, again, you want points in transitions, the most efficient way to score. Um, yep. He's you know Westbrook-like in that regard, where he's kind of around 20%. So, um, yeah, we, we love him. Uh, Colin Sexton obviously saw a big again just playing time. T- Colin Sexton really just transformed his game. Um, shout out to uh, Justin Rowan, good follow on Twitter. He calls it Sexton and Driving, uh, which, is, <laughs> Love which it. is hilarious. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, again, we don't really like Sexton. Uh, Luka Doncic actually was third in increasing in drive. So I don't think I'm drafting Luka. Um, he does again just wide, wide, wide range of outcomes here, and you really don't want to invest. A top two, a top second round pick or so, top thirty pick, and a guy with that wide of a range of outcomes to me. Um, we know he's yeah. quote unquote skinny Luca. I think he's going to be. Um, I was talking with Ryan today. I think Ryan said he has him at like twenty second for points leagues per game, which mm-hmm. is I'm probably similar. Like we're talking probably twenty seven points, seven eight nine boards, um, you know, seven eight nine dimes, maybe a steal, maybe half a block. Um, this counting set's going to be massive. It's just the free throws. And what's likely going to be some whack field goal percentage. Now, there's been some theories that like he wore down down the stretch last season, and that really affected his three point percentage and free throw percentage. Both suffered because of it. Now that he's in better shape, maybe we see some positive regression there. Yeah. The thing about Luca is, if you do take him, he forces you into two heavy punts right away with at least field goal percentage turnovers we know about, and maybe free throw percentage. So you can make him a top thirty guy by punting two of those categories. But like I said, it just handicaps you early. You really don't want to punt two cat, especially eight cat. Like, you do not want to punt 25% of your categories. You're really, you need to win five of the next six categories um, to have success. Like, you don't, and you don't even, and I always say this, you don't want to go 5-3, 5-3, 5-3, 5-3. You want to win some seven ones. Like, you want to win some big, that's why we're always pro. And I'm fine, especially nine cat, like, dropping one, you're still going to get shit, and you can fill it out, but... Um, yeah, just like and again. because it's so important to get the number one and number two seed in your leagues with in the load management era and the fantasy playoffs, you want that first round buy. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, you definitely can't take the regular season lightly, and which yeah. is why like, kind of I'm kind of off Paul George for that reason. Until we get more clear cut information, he just started shooting last week, which is good. He's yeah. on court, so I'm still I can't do it. Like I'll easily take Drew over him. If I hear early November, I'll take him in early round two. If not, I'm I'm probably yeah. gonna fade him. And don't forget, like, the Clippers back-to-backs late in the season, they play some really bad teams. Yeah. So that's another factor. And their schedule late's not good either. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that that Luka game where he was just missing free throws, That what was it, against San Antonio, I think? He went, like, was it like one 7 of, like, of 16 or something? or something? I don't know. Well, no, he bad. had, like, one game where it was, like, 1 of, like, 10 or something. 
Oof. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. There you go. Uh, one and nine uh, against Jeez. San Antonio. I was I was ripping my hair out, dude. I had it in the league. All right. So let's move on. I guess anything else uh, you want? Anything? You look at the drive. Uh, ben Simmons increases drives a lot. By the way, I think that's a good number too, especially with Jimmy Butler out of the system. Um, yeah. And yeah, Ben Simmons actually was kind of a winner in this whole situation. Um, shot the ball at the rim uh, a little bit worse. Um, you know, had a similar distribution. Um, his, uh, which I thought was interesting too. So Jimmy's fast break percentage went way down. Ben's went up a little bit. So I thought that was kind of fascinating. Um, I like Ben. I think he's going to have good stats. Uh, we all know the, the uh, Jimmy Butler splits are actually not that great. But um, you know, I, th- I could see him being better. He's this whole Ben has a three point. Ben has a jumper thing is total BS. But you know, points leagues him down. Like we said, if you can, I know we sometimes get pushed back on this, but. Like, if you could get him in the third round in a punt build where you're going, like, again, kind of a pipe dream here, but if you go, like, Giannis, Drummond, Ben, or something right. like that, or, you know. Or probably more realistic would be Drummond, LeBron, and then Ben. Yeah, well, I don't. Well, like, I, yeah. if you end up picking 12 or something, like, and you're forced into a punt, like, yeah. I think Drummond. I was just thinking oh, a little but... earlier, but yeah, either way, like, however it breaks down, or even, like, Gobert sometimes may slide. Yeah. Even if you have eight, eight cat, yeah, AK could probably pull that off. Yeah, yeah, it's go, yeah. Gobert falls to late second, so if you go Giannis three four, and then Gobert, then you're chilling right there. Man, Gobert's been falling around three and round four in a lot of my he drafts. Falls. I got him at thirty five last, and that was real cheap. I had him probably as like a forty five dollar player. Man, it's funny if you look at Gobert's game total. Like people have been tweeting at tweeting at us too. Like people are saying like this is the year that Gobert is gonna get hurt because of like his um, games are like eighty no sense, forty eighty forty. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm just saying. It's just I just found that funny. Yeah. He's had some injuries, and again, it's it's the nature of the beast, though. Those tall dudes with the long limbs are more likely to get hurt. It's just the nature of the beast, but like, yeah. whatever. I, I'm not too worried about it. By the way, I, ra- I rank Mitchell Robinson ahead of Gobert. Did you agree with that? Oh, no, I don't. I yeah, like, I like Gobert. My, yeah, I love, I love Mitch, man. Utah schedule? You're a schedule guy. Yeah, I know. I just want to have some Mitch, man. Mitch is just yeah. a beast. Just yeah. untapped potential. Yeah. Uh, and just some decreases on drives here. Uh, I mentioned Richardson, Jamal Murray, who also really increases at the rim production. Um, again, just pretty solid. Jamal was actually pretty decent down the stretch. He upped his efficiency. Um, I like Jamal Murray, man. Again, competitive. He's like basically a um, um, non-diming, uh, without the dimes, without as much steals as Donnie, without as much upside as Donnie, but just real safe. And he was a lot better than people think later in the season. A team's so deep, though. That's the thing that yeah. worries me. There'll be some cases where, like, Jamal Murray be pulled for like Monte Morris and Malik Beasley when they had it going. Just not all the time, but like that does worry me. But at, Jamal Murray is going at a great price right now. Yeah, he He's still hit the top up. fifty per game, even though like a lot of people he goes late, dude. And yeah, you know we saw Malone has badly badly as he played in a few games. He's still stuck with him. That's his dude. Yeah, and it's worth noting he was playing hurt too. He, I yeah. think he had a, that ankle injury lingered for like two months, and he kept playing through it. And like all the viewers, like how the heck is he playing through this? Yeah, he played through double hernia issues in yeah. rookie season. Still played eighty-two games. Like this guy is just a stud uh, yep. for playing games, and he's still untapped, man. He's still young. So yeah. Um, let's. I know. Let's talk to Aaron Fox real quick. Uh, I know you and I. Okay. You're probably high on him. I bid him up, assuming you were going to take him. I liked him where I got him. I got him. At, I think thirty. Um, which I, again, because I missed out on point guards, I was like, "All right, Don Fox is really the last decent young guy." So we talked about this for a while. Like once Fox yeah. is off the board, unless you're in the Mike Conley or Drew or CP3 or the older dudes, like there's a cliff beside Shea. Um, yeah. 
So I'll say this he, about Fox really quickly. If he yeah. if he improves half as much as he did from his rookie to sophomore year, I think he's going to be second round this year. Yeah, there's a couple things. He has to improve free throws. That's like the top yes. thing. Um, but yeah, he has he has a couple points of concern slightly. Um, he did have an increase at the rim, which I like to see, two point, almost 3%. That's pretty good. Um, but the, he, he decreases at the rim efficiency big time. Uh, 8.5% decrease. I don't know if what what to tie that to. Uh, it's just it's kind of a scary number. Uh, the one of the reason, reasons why is his um, transition points dropped a little bit. But yeah, like you said, he was durable last year. He has to make free throws if if that's the big thing. And I think his steals yeah. will be there. His minutes kind of dipped a little later in season two. Uh, and we saw what was it the Toronto game? They just sat him because like yeah, like, it was hey, five. I think he minutes. played five minutes and they sat everyone because they were down by twenty and they just looked gassed. Yeah. Like Jaeger yeah. basically said they just. Just pulled a rest game. Yeah, so they're it's a, and now they don't have Jaeger anymore, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, um, we know Walton is kind of pro pace, pro passing, so maybe he ups his dimes. So yeah, I think Fox. You know, I have him. I have him like late third. I think you have him mid. You have him, or maybe you know early I have, fourth. I have him probably early third. I think. Okay. Yeah. I remember. So you have him. I have him like right after like Donovan Mitchell, like right there. I think you have him after Trey on, on your sheet. When I saw, is that right? I don't know. Yeah, right after Trey and Mitchell, basically. Okay. Yeah, that's a good little pocket right there. Yeah. Um, and then just Devin Booker quickly um, increases efficiency at the rim big time. Five, uh, five percentage points on big volume um, with a lot of shots there, so I like that. I'm um, talking myself into Booker, by the way, too. I, know, I like. Dude. I, I love Phoenix's schedule, man. He's so good. Like he's uh, basically he's basically going to give you hardened output without the steals, basically. Yeah, his last ten games he was I think like fourth. Yeah, per game he's he dropping like 40 50 like every night yeah. and you know, efficiency and the turnovers are insane like eight like eight cat you could de- eight cat you could definitely make a case for him at like 11 or 12 right and i but think yeah. i think this is the year he plays all the way through i don't think the suns are going to be like super competitive but i I don't think they're going to be at the point where they're like competing with the bottom three for seeding i think they're they could probably push i think 30 wins yeah and in also the best case scenario and he's he's locked up now so he made his money and i think that yeah. that is like kind of like the Bradley Beal thing. Like I think he wants to be all NBA. He wants a little bit more cred. He probably knows people bash him on Twitter for being on such a crappy team all the time. Yeah. Like, and I've said this before. Like Cat as well. Like guys who almost want to play and they are a franchise cornerstone, like Booker is. Like if they say, "Hey Booker, we want to tank," and if Booker really wants to play, he'll say. And I think like it's again. I think he's a big chip on his shoulder. Uh, Ricky Rubio does not hurt him at all. I mentioned this in a couple pods ago. Uh, I still think Booker's going to be one of the top ball handling shooting guards. Just massive stat output. Every, like we're going to be pl- talking about him so much in DFS. Yeah. Um, he he. I said this last year too. He could lead the league in scoring. Um, I'm sorry, I'd say it again. Like I think obviously Harden's tough to top him, but Booker maybe top three is not an outlandish thing to say. No, absolutely not. Harden would probably be closer to thirty this year instead of thirty six, and Booker has a legit shot at thirty two. And I'm not being, I'm not getting. Yeah, well, what did he average that? I'm gonna, I forget what it was, but like his last ten games or something, it was insane. We have to look we'll that up, up when we look up the next thing. Um, I'll move on while we do that. Um, want to talk a little Fred Van Vliet? Sure, let's do it. I got yeah. him on my sleepers list too. Oh, for sure, another guy who I would not consider a sleeper. Uh, I think I have him in like the sixties. But, um, yeah, n- nothing really I took away from here. Um, a lot of things actually regressed, but the one big takeaway it was dropping mid-range. I love that. Um, yeah. I want to see him, you know, get to the basket more. Um, and nothing really, again, nothing really changed. He was better at the rim as the year went on. 
Uh, he did get to the rim more as the year went on, so these are all things I like. Um, we, we need to have him up his dimes a little bit um, and then up his steals just a little bit. If he does those two things and maybe you're banking on a Kyle Lowry injury as well, you're talking about a guy who has easily top 50 upside, maybe top 40. Yeah, ADP right now is 100. His per 36 stats without Kawhi are awesome. 14 points, 7.8 dimes, 1.1 steals, 2.2 triples. He only played 27.5 minutes per game last year. It'll be closer to 30. That's where Blake Murphy, the athletic, uh, projected him. He's going to feast. I mean, 100 ADP, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. like you said, this guy could push top 60, top 50. Yep. Uh, again, we said that whole pocket, that Yahoo pocket where it's what? Him, Levert, DeJounte, yeah. uh, and somebody else I'm forgetting. Oh, Derek White kind of, but he's probably the last, but... Man, I, I love those three, those top of those three guys. For sure. Um, and then, yeah, Booker did score uh, th- uh, 34 points in March. Um, I don't have the ranks on that. I can find it, but that's got to be top three. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I like that. I think my hot take last year was he'll score 30 points per game. And, like, I'll take that again, dude. Absolutely. Yeah, so we like him again. Uh, points leagues, uh, even with the risk, the injury upside, like, or injury downside, excuse me, which, like, what? Where'd you go? I think I have him ranked old, like 11th or 12th for points leagues. Yeah, I'd say early second round, probably. Yeah, he he seriously might be like top three in points leagues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, again, it's just banking on the, the Suns being just be decent, dude. Like, hopefully, the whole Rubio and I think Kelly Uber being good could help. And I'm a big Monty like Williams a, guy. I, I have confidence yeah, in Monty Williams to get yeah. them at least competitive. Yeah, they drafted like garbage, but. These yeah. guys are good defend. I don't think I think Dario's gonna get run off the court. They're gonna spread the floor a lot. They'll play fast. Uh, we know Monty's sometimes been pro speed. Yeah, Aaron Baines is better than people think. Good yeah. second unit big. They yeah. they got some good good players. Kelly Oubre too and Mikel Bridges is a fun wing duo. Those yeah. guys are gonna be awesome in fantasy too. Yep, yep. Uh, okay, so let's talk a little bit of uh, fast break percentage. Uh, I mentioned De'Aaron Fox. Uh, he was the of these guys I looked up. He was the high man uh, on. Pre-break, fast-break percentage points scored, and he was still pretty good. He had a 2% dip, um, which is part of the reason why his scoring dropped a little bit. But, um, yeah, uh, so that's just kind of a quick aside. But other guys who saw big increases in this department uh, were Drew Holiday, which I think I just want to talk about quickly. Uh, He saw a 9.1% increase uh, on his fast-break percentage scoring rate. Um, Love it. Uh, only eight game sample there, by the way. But I love I love Drew Holiday. I don't need to talk about it. Do you want to add anything on Drew Holiday? Um, I I will say this: people are worried about his injury history. But if you look at the last two years, like for, first things first, the the lower the, the early career leg injuries are gone. Those are not an issue. The last two years, he's had two fluke injuries: one to his eye, which like was like an orbital fracture, which was completely fluky, and then a core muscle surgery. Now he could have played through that that. Uh, it's basically a sports tournament. He could have played through it, but the Pelicans shut him down, and ultimately they got Zion. Like those th- two things are flukes. I'm not really worried about Drew. He's 29. Like we've seen him in his off-season workouts. He's absolutely ripped. And the Pelicans have gone out of their way to make sure like this is not, this is Drew's team this year. Like yep. they talked him up as an MVP candidate. I'm absolutely taking him at the end of at the end of round one yeah. without a doubt. If he's there, I'll be doing backflips, man. Yeah. And like I said, I if I pick, I, we were talking earlier. Like when we first started talking about the upcoming season, we're like. Oh yeah, you want a top eight pick? I don't care anymore. I'll take Drew Holiday round at eleven, ten, eleven, twelve, and seven through twelve. I'll still take Drew. I'm just so high on him, man. Again, this, yeah. the late season schedule is kind of rough, but I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't need to talk about him anymore. Um, yep. So another player who struck me here. This is kind of a big number to take away. D'Angelo Russell, big time fast break percentage boost, and that's actually a positive for him. 
um, yeah. because Golden State likes to push. So if he can kind of get out and run a little bit more, I think that could help him out a little bit. I'm probably fading him entirely um, just because I'm probably going to take guys like Shea and other guys maybe. But doing that would really help him. Um, we did a real big deep dive on him being very, very ball-dependent with an insanely high three-plus dribble scoring rate, uh, which was considerably higher than KD, like almost triple Steph, um, like probably six times higher than Clay. But, um, yeah, I think uh, looking at these numbers here, uh, you know, very low mid-range percentage. Um, you know, he's not going to – his drives actually dipped a little bit later in the season too. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I'm interested. I just still, I'm still probably not going to take him though. I'm in on D'Angelo Russell. I'm probably higher on him than you. For sure, I'm I, way I, I love, like if you Steve Kerr's rotations. Like if you notice what he did with the when Warriors were stacked. Like he he loves like um what's the word I'm looking for here? Staggering his lineups. Like there's gonna be times where D'Angelo Russell's on the court without Curry for like six to eight minutes at a time. Like and he's just gonna clean up. Like you mentioned the fit with him and Willie Cauley Stein running pick and rolls. Like. Giangelo Russell is going to absolutely feast in just those small little pockets, and then he'll be fine. He'll be fine with Curry too. Like this is one of the best shooters in the league. He's playing next to, so it's going to open things up for him. I, he was 33rd last year total value. Games games played definitely helped, but I'm I'm in on D'Angelo Russell. I think he's going to be awesome. Yep, he's. I'm going on him. Maybe I will be higher, but yeah, I just I'm I'm nowhere near taking him for where he's going. Um, other guys who upped it, Giannis. Um, big increase uh, on that. Uh, which helped, actually. He had a 5.4 increase, which is part of the reason why he, uh, I think he helped to third per game post-break. Obviously, the per game factor was kind of cut by the total game factor. But, yeah, he was pretty good down the stretch uh, with scoring. Giannis kind of did a little bit of everything as usual. That's what he does. I'm still risky. Just I'm still risky on, worried about taking a risk on Giannis, excuse me, just because the Bucks are going to be really good. Dude, I'm pretty sure he has jumper's knee. And that too, yeah. He's missing time again. This is the multi again with the the, the fibba knee thing. Yeah, he said. Like it's not it's not like a big concern, but jumper's knee. Basically, you're going to need like four to five games off during the year, and that's what's been happening since 2017, since it first popped up with Greece. Like he'll have knee discom- discomfort, and he'll need to rest for like two three days. And so, like the Bucks are going to look for those windows to rest them. Like I think it was 2017 18 season. They saw that there was like a pocket of games where they played like, the Suns and Bulls, and they just sat him down for like nine days. Like that's that makes me a little nervous. And plus, he missed five of the last 12 games uh, last year with the Bucks just lapping the field in the East. They're probably going to do that again this year, right? I think so. The Vegas has him, I think, at like a four or five over Philly. Yeah. I feel like that's that's too low. Like, I feel like that – I don't know if that accounts for how risky Embiid is, you know? Yeah, I know. Because Embiid's probably going to miss 15 games. Yeah. So I feel like that may not be factored into it. And then you have the new piece factor. Maybe they start a little slow, too. Yeah, I don't think losing Malcolm Brogdon really messes up their offensive flow. We mentioned before that Brogdon was like tied for fourth, or very near Middleton for time of possession with ball in his hands. Right. So I think just they'll take off a little bit hot late. Uh, I just wanted to see here how they do late season. They're actually their late, very late season schedule is kind of tough. Um, they, okay, so they do have here's what they would probably sit guys. March, mid-March, they they go Memphis, Washington, Detroit, three games right there in a row, bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Um. So that's fantasy playoff time right there. Uh, and there's two home games in the at at Washington. Uh, but just around, yeah. So check this out. So around those games, the three games prior to those three, Denver, Boston, Golden State, and then after that, Houston, Washington, and then the Washington, Dallas, right there. Not a back to back. Yeah. But that's a game to possibly miss in there. So. 
But right. late, they have a Toronto, Toronto, um, April first, April third, home home game, hmm. um, and then they get two. Yeah, they play. So in April, they play the Raptors twice, they play the Nets twice, and they play the Sixers and Atlanta at home. Could be interesting. They'll probably sit in guys there, but yeah, yeah. So it's kind of you know, it's kind of negative looking at all this stuff. Yeah, he's still he's still top five for me, but yeah, he yeah. definitely comes with more risk than the other guys just because of the the knee. Yeah, he could be, and again, he doesn't need big minutes. He's just such a domination dominating factor. Yeah. Uh, I think anything else I want to talk about? I guess let's talk mid range. Uh, I always like talking about that. It's one of my favorite, or my least favorite thing to talk about. I guess I mentioned Derek White earlier. Josh Richardson actually increased that, which is part of the reason why he wasn't really good overall. Um, that has, that will come down on this new offense for with Philly. Uh, I mentioned Chris Paul. Uh, Rosier actually increased, but we really don't have a feel for that. Um, guys that decreased, again, I mentioned Donovan Mitchell, mentioned Sexton. Uh, actually, quickly on Russell Westbrook. Uh, I thought this was interesting, especially with the new offense that he's going to be going into. Uh, he cut down his mid-range shots quite a bit uh, last uh, later in the season. Um, we know he's gonna. We know how we feel about him in nine cap, but for the points, yeah. the listeners out there, um, or even if you have any sort of takeaways from that, uh, how do you see Westbrook kind of fitting in this offense? You know, honestly, I haven't really even looked at Westbrook this year because I'm just so, like, scared of his percentages. But in a points league, I do have to think about it more. Uh, I don't know. I just don't know how he's going to fit with with Harden. That's just such a tough thing to gauge. I know he took a backseat to Paul George, but he still found a way to get his 20-shot attempt. Yeah. So. And he upped his field goal percentage by a full 3%. Um, yeah, last year, uh, post break compared to pre break. So the, the thing that just worries me, man. I know he has a great track record of Sunya, but he's had five knee surgeries yeah. on his right knee, and that doesn't include like I think it was one or two in plasma injections too. Like this yeah. guy, I don't know. It's tough, dude. Every year, I feel like we're like, all right, knock Westbrook down because the game's play is concerned, but he does it. He just goes through it. So yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of done with that. But I hear, obviously, I hear you. Like it's hard to just ignore that, but like kind of the proofs in the pudding scenario where he's just kind, like yeah. he just stays out there for whatever reason it's kind of like the kimba thing too honestly because kimba had three right knee surgeries three summers in a row and then he still yeah. kept playing it's like this guy's yeah those are know. just like most cleanups though like i feel like that's not too out of the ordinary but like you said he had like meniscus tears and yeah like he had like actual injuries where like you saw pat, pat beverly like tackle him yeah um, yeah so but um, also Shea dropped his mid range, which we love. Uh, Kyle Lowry, is, uh, Kyle Lowry is interesting to me. Like I want to like Kyle Lowry. I feel like I could really get, like Kyle Lowry if he if it was you know twenty six year old Kyle Lowry, I'd probably have yeah. him like second round. But like eh, I, don't, I don't know, I don't really have a it's, feel for it. Toronto could possibly. We know uh, Masayu Jerry will not be bashful about his plan. Like he goes all in when he has a plan, kind of like Presti for OKC. Yeah, that's that's what makes me nervous. I. I have no idea what's going to happen in Toronto. I, I feel like it's either going to be a full blow up or just they're just going to like just play it out. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm 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 not going to be on in on any Raptors. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, just a couple other points I'll just make quickly here. Uh, I thought Dame's shot selection actually was tougher uh, later in the season, probably a byproduct of no CJ McCollum not being out there. Uh, more I say more CJ than anybody else. But yeah, no Nurk too. Uh, so I think Whiteside could possibly help him. So point like. I don't care. Like, Dame's going to be good. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just take Dame at, like, 7 or wherever you want to take him there. Um, he went pretty high, too. I thought I could sneak him, but he, someone bit him, but I think 72, 73 or something. Yeah. I forget what it was. I think but, he's 6th uh, in my rankings, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. I Yeah, I, you have to have him uh, top 6 to me. Like, Can we talk about one more guy that I have no idea how to gauge? Yeah, sure. Is, is anyone going to take a flyer on Dennis Smith Jr. in the last round? Yes. Uh, okay. 
I, I'm interested. Although his numbers with I looked up here with the New York Knicks were worse. Like he took yeah, way worse. Yeah, not the quality of shot was not there. So that concerns me a little bit. But I don't know. Maybe he gets one in the system. But we saw I think Stefan Bondi of the Daily News. Uh, he was yeah. like, oh yeah, D, uh, DSJ's having a big summer. So he's talented, man. Uh, young and talented yeah. point guard. Like I'll take a fly on you for sure. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I was watching a pickup game with him versus Trey and it's on YouTube actually. And his shot actually looks really good. I think he hit like 29% on his threes at New York, but like he, he changed his mechanics this summer and it, it actually looks really good. Now, he's probably someone I'd be more interested in just watching the preseason rather than drafting and just be ready to add if, if yeah. it looks good. Because I'm not worried about Alfred Payton. I think if DSJ finds a shot, that's the only that's the only question mark he has and, yeah. and I'd be on board. I will always take a stand on someone taking playing time from Alfred Payton. Every time. Yes. <laughs> so, yep. so, yeah, maybe that's why, but yeah, man. Like, again, he's he's still improving, and he was never, he was going to be a raw prospect coming out. And, like, the Mavs yeah. kind of cut bait pretty quick, but he's had kind of hot stretches at times. Um, we saw him kind of do well at times without Luca on the floor last year. Yeah. So, I feel like if they kind of, you know, there's a lot of bigs around him, there are not a lot of great shooters around him. Um, opportunities there for sure. So yeah, definitely I'm definitely don't. biased because I loved watching NC State when he was there. Yeah, he's just... I ha- yeah, he's just a freak, dude. His first summer league, he was really good. Yeah, I have him pretty high. I think I have him like 115 or something like that. Good. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't crazy for liking him, no. like in the last round. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, check it out in the draft guide. But uh, yeah, I yes. have him pretty high. I feel like I'm probably gonna be one of the higher guys on him. But yep. Right. Oh, there he is. 109. Yeah. Just, I think just, hit, just hit your free throws, man. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, just upside. After a hundred, I don't care. Like, I don't really care right. about your track record. Like, if you have upside, I'm gonna take you. Just pure lottery tickets in late rounds. That's how you do it. After one hundred, take your Chris Buchers. Who, who knows? <laughs> Honestly, he might be the next Pascal Siakam. His numbers in the G League are historical. <laughs> They're yeah. like crazy. And we, you and I were chatting yesterday. Like, I still think that if you remember when Nick Nurse first got hired, he was like very pro big man. Yeah, which is why we like to see Yakim and those dudes. Like, and then don't forget in Philly, obviously matchup, but they went see Yakim with Saul Surge a decent amount. Yeah, like to dust off that lineup and yeah, summer league too. Like they are trying to play him at the four hardcore. OG's probably going to play straight three, so I think he has a shot at some of backup from Siakam. So you're talking about possibly 16 minutes right there. Um, you know, probably eh, I think seconds probably got 34 minutes in him. But yeah, yeah, one, there's one nugget of- too. Good. Yeah, one nugget too is Nick Nurse coach Canada. He was going to play Buker the three with Team Canada. So there yep, you go. Yep, there's, yep. there's there's another path to minutes. There's path to minutes at three, four, five, and now yep. Marcus Alls more than likely gone. Serge Ibaka is a big trade candidate too. So there's so much to like. Well, there, I'm going to buzzkill you a little bit on that. He was talking about the matchup. So like he's like because they were kind of, they had like Olenek and other dudes that were bigs. Yeah. He's like I'll play Boucher here. So was that, gotcha. Let's try it out. Like, it was an experience. Like I don't buy that. Just to but gotcha. then again, like just to even throw that out there into existence, exactly. Like he likes him, you know. Yep. So and they, they, you really, really, really saw them try to force feed him in the high post to face up and kind of see the floor better. So yeah. I thought that was one of my bigger assembly takeaways. I love you know again like G League stats like we love those things. So in summer this, league too, like he was one, of, he was easily one of the top players in Vegas. Easily, yeah. Buker yeah. was awesome. So just talented dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think that does it. Uh, I guess quickly, uh, Demar Derozan kind of struck me. He was outstanding at the rim. He always falls, dude. Uh, and he cut down his mid ranges a little bit. So 
know, he was pretty good last year. He always falls, dude. I don't know. I feel like I may take DeRozan. Just really good dimes numbers. Like we said, he, he's a great pairing if you have, like, Steph. Um, Man, just, yeah, if you just treat him like a point guard instead of a shooting guard. <laughs> like, I think he attempted, like, less than 23s last year. Yeah. Just treat him like a point guard. He's going to get you the seven dimes. He's going to get you the 20 points. And he's going to shoot it efficiently, too. He, if he, he can stop taking threes altogether. So the field goal yeah. percentage is going to be high. So, yeah, I'm fine with him. I think he's going to be even get a boost next to DeJounte Murray and Derek White, I think. Yeah. So. Yep, and Take Spurs have a phenomenal, well, one of the best late season schedules as well. So yes, uh, and he's been durable. Uh, he's he had the you know the really one bad knee flare that was supposed to end his season, and he came back. Yeah, if you remember, like five six years ago. And so. for some reason, like Doc mentioned last year that he was trying to get uh, DeRozan and Aldridge some rest, but that never really happened. I think Aldridge maybe rested one or two, but they never did that for DeRozan. So another guy that went off late. Yeah, Aldridge, dude. Yeah, it's crazy how like. Pop just turned Aldridge into a durable dude. Yeah, kidding. Because <laughs> so, I used to never draft him because he would always have he had the heart issue and other injuries like that. Yeah, that weird. The the most probably the biggest what the heck kind of news is this of all time was when Lamarcus was supposed to have thumb surgery. That was like one of the only times I could think of where like everybody reported he was going to have surgery and miss mad time. Yeah, and, and he came he back the out next there day. a couple of games. Yeah, <laughs> so that's why you yeah. always if there's a big injury. Yeah, got, especially hand injuries. Got to like wait for the X-rays and wait for the surgery. Like if it's a broken bone, like they're gonna miss time. But I'll end on my my least favorite injury report of all time when Nate McMillan said Miles Turner had a high ankle sprain, and it was I was in the semifinals uh. going into finals in my week to week matchups. He's like, yeah, Miles Turner has a high ankle sprain. Next morning, yeah, Miles Turner has a low grade low ankle sprain. He'll be oh, back God. tomorrow. Yeah, great. That, those ankle spra- ankle sprains are just so hard to trust, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Like it looked like Tatum was gonna miss a lot of time, but he's gonna be all right too. So. Yep. You like Tatum real quick? and I do. I do like we Tatum. Talked, we talked a lot about him on the last pod. Yep. Bumping like, Yuji's coming. I don't believe in Hayward. I think Tatum's going to have a big year. See, are you still, I, my, just, I, this is kind of interesting because he's going to be a lot of targets for a lot of people. So I was saying I like his floor, but I'm not quite sold on his ceiling um, just because he, um, he only had a high usage rate like three games all of last season. So he's never <laughs> really been in that role. Um, his splits with and without Kyrie were not really good again. Kemba and Kyrie and then Cantor and uh, Horford are basically a wash, uh, although the right. two new guys had higher usage rates on kind of bad teams. So, um, yeah, again, just – and I, I most my big point was, like, shot quality was just horrendous yeah. uh, for Tatum. So he needs to buckle down on that. I didn't really see anything. I didn't watch too much um, World Cup. But, um, yeah, I don't know. So you have – Ryan said he had him, I think, late third. I probably have more uh, late fourth, but the yeah. thing with uh, Tatum is it's just the small forward is just absolutely terrible this year. Yeah, like at the top you have the low management kings, LeBron and Kawhi, and then it just gets downhill from there. So that's why that's why uh, Tatum's so high on my list. Ubre, yeah, I'm t- I'm down with Ubre. Like he's like eight round eight or nine ADP right now, yeah, and the coverage is so yeah, sixth round all day for me. Maybe even fifth. Yep. All right, um, should we talk? Yeah, that's good. We got enough in there. All right, so yeah, draft guide, and I'm not sure what we're gonna do next week. It'd probably be something, but um, give us some feedback. I've kind of just been just to throw this out there. Why we've been kind of going so deep divey? Uh, I've been a madman at listening to fantasy football podcasts, and it just just those dudes are awesome, man. Uh, so that's yeah. kind of a part of the reason why I just put a little. If you've noticed, I put a little extra effort into digging up all these cool stats really every friday we've been going through these uh i've probably put a good two three about a column's worth of time 
uh, into these podcasts just to hopefully make them as informative as we can. And just learning is just, I just love to learn you know, in fantasy. So just give us some feedback if you want. Uh, and the takeaway hey, is yeah. Ralph Shaco gets Alexander. Yeah, that's the, the big takeaway, <laughs> which we knew for months now. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I don't really say this either. So if you could just give us a, a rate and review, uh, if you listen to Apple, uh, I, I don't think I ever do that. So if you listen to this podcast and like it, uh, let us know. We really appreciate it. Uh, so you guys enjoy your weekend, and thanks for going on, man. All right, thanks, man.